holy crap, we're here. Man. <laughs> I still love that intro. That is, that's a lot of drums. You know what they need there is a whistle. We need like a whistle right in the middle of it. I was going to say a cowbell, but close enough. Yeah, very good. Hey, welcome to the show. This is Heading Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. This is the Thursday edition, and I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rachel, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together we do this each and every day, kids, um, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Scott and I will try to guide you through that perilous journey and let us all head back to the window to catch those winning tickets. Brandon Kubas is 88 degrees in L.A. Got the A.C. cranked up and <laughs> ready to make some money. Excited for today's show. All right. I uh, said nice... Nice pick on the U.S. hockey, Scott. Well done there as you laid two and a half, and they win by a, a small margin of eight. So, yeah, nicely done. Nicely done. Good, good deep dive and heavy lifting for us lazy-ass handicappers. That's what we're here for. Yeah, look at the, They're piling on the accolades for you, buddy. Well done. It, it would have been un-American not to take the play. Why do you hate America, man? That's a, I love America. They made me money. No, that's why I, I I asked you that if you I asked you if you watched Nathan Chen skate last night and you said you did not. So I did not. I, I said, said I saw the highlights for it. Yeah, it was good. So good shit, man. I don't I didn't know how you do that. I, I have no idea. Just none at all. So it's good to be here, guys. Of course, don't forget to uh, to like and subscribe. Do all that stuff. Um, look at that. Even after I changed out the banner, I didn't put it up. Uh, welcome to the show. Happy trade deadline day. It's a big day for you up there uh, as a follower of the Brooklyn Nets, Scott. You, um, you want to unpack a little bit of that just real quick here before we go with uh, the the beard no longer getting weird in Brooklyn? Uh, yeah, our team might actually play defense now. So looking at the actual trade, uh, the Nets got Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks. And the Sixers got James Harden. Now, I know a lot of people don't like Simmons. No, I mean, they got who, who else? They, they got somebody else, too. Paul Millsap? Yeah, they got Millsap. That's right. I mean, he's basically been waived. He's never going to play. I know. But still. Uh, point is, is that the Nets definitely gambled by picking up Ben Simmons because nobody knows if he's going to be A, ready to play immediately, or B, if he's even close to resembling a jump shot. The answer is obviously no. But I think the Nets won the trade. Because I just think they picked up a lot of potential assets. They improved the three-point shooting with Curry, who's going to help with the role player spot. Drummond's going to help him with rebounding. Two first-round picks are nice for trade bait later on. And Harden didn't want to be there. He was going to also leave during the offseason. So for a guy who is probably not going to re-sign, who did not have an extra contract year in place, I thought they got a pretty good deal out of it. Okay, very good. Yeah, I you know, again... I rely on most of the Nets' knowledge from you because that's your team. So, you know, if you think they won the trade, and, and on the surface, looking at it uh, as somebody that's not a huge Nets fan, you know, that seems like a pretty good haul for a player that, I don't know, can you say Harden didn't make that big of a difference? Um, at least he was inconsistent. Some nights he would carry a, but some nights I'd say he would even be a liability on the court, no? It was. That, that's the issue you run into with Harden his entire career, especially this year, because offensively he's been extremely inefficient. Right. But if you're going to score 32 on one end, but you're responsible for negative 40 on the defensive end, then at what point do you realize he might just be a net negative? Yeah, I agree. Especially on this team. 
it's it's hard to argue with that. It's hard to argue with that indeed. And obviously the chemistry wasn't working because the Nets were kind of floundering there. And again, not playing defense. So they had to do something. And Harden was probably going to leave during the offseason. So they picked up a couple of guys who will help flush out the roster. And we'll see what happens. But I can tell you right now, Harden, if he would have stayed with the team this season, there was a 0% chance of the Nets winning the title. Now it might be up to hell 5%. I was going to say 2%, but... I was going to say, that's higher than zero, so I'll take it. Absolutely. T-Train in the house. Michael Kingdon Jones here, I see. A lot of the... A lot of our regulars checking in, and uh, most everybody congratulating you on your fine hockey pick. So, yeah, well done. USA. USA. Well done. Would you would you fade the USA if the situation warranted it? Only if they're playing Canada. Okay. Oh, Canada. And hockey? I, listen, I, I might be American and patriotic, but I'm not going against Canada and hockey. you got to be nuts to do that. I agree. Hey, don't forget, guys, we're partnered, partnered with Caesar Sportsbook over there, and they are... Uh, they're sweeping America. They got the coolest commercials with JB Smoove and Holly Berry on there. Um, but most importantly, they have a great sports betting service. They have a great app. They have a great website. So many. Got a hell of a Roman Empire. Got a hell of a Roman Empire. They did well. They did well for a while. Uh, Scott, I know you're taking. You've taken advantage of it, and it's a fantastic deal. It's fifteen hundred dollars. Your first bet is basically risk free. So make sure you deposit. You got to put in at least fifty bucks. So you know you got to do that. But you know who's not putting in fifty bucks, right? and uh, make sure you take care of business. It is available in all the Caesars states. Of course, you must be 21 to play. And if you have a gaming problem, please, please. Uh, I think I think the national number is 1-800-GAMBLER. And I know probably each individual state has one as well. I know in Missouri, it's 1-800-BETS-OFF. So if you need help in that direction, uh, please, please seek help. All right. So that being said, Scott, let's take a look and see what happened yesterday, man? There was uh, some games being played. Some of them went well. Some of them went poorly. And uh, more importantly for our purposes, we were on both sides. So let's find out uh, who took it in the shorts and who took it to the bank in the Thursday edition of Call Them Cops. All right, Scott, it feels like we could have uh, we could have put a few in here, but we're going to start off with a, a college basketball game between Valpo and Illinois State. If you had the under 143, you capped it correctly. Barely, but you had it. Except, uh, I believe we've seen this movie before, 70-70 after regulation. You have no hope of an overtime miraculous win. They did score just 13, which is a pretty low number there for five minutes. But it didn't matter. It went over that 143. Sorry, guys. Overtime. Not your friend. Call the cops. And looking at the second one, kind of a similar script, If you, except on the opposite side. If you had Tennessee and Mississippi State over 136, well, you're on your way. All you need is about five points for a push in the final two minutes and 26 seconds. Six for the win. Uh, they only got four. Game landed 135. Ridiculous. Just Utterly ridiculous. There is nothing more frustrating than having an over and watch him go absolutely dry in the last two or three minutes of a game. It just because it's like a, it's it's literally like a slow motion train wreck or car crash or whatever. You see go it to the rim, you coward. You see it coming. You're screaming or to, to stop, and you can't do a damn thing because you know where it's headed. 
and that was the case last night. So finally, we'll finish up with uh, North Florida catching two and a half at Bellarmine. My Bellarmine. Uh, they trailed by a point with one second left. They're at the line. All you got to do, shoot that free throw, tie the game. Nope. It would go to overtime, which is a sweat, but you're in good shape. Yeah, yeah, you still have to, but, you know, yeah, you're, you're, in, you're in great shape. So, because what you don't want, <laughs> you don't want them to miss it, because what's going to happen? Well, Bellarmine's going to get the rebound, and North Florida's going to foul. What happened? Missed the free throw. Bellarmine got the rebound. North Florida fouled. Think you could have a miss one on the other end? No fucking way. Bellarmine hit both free throws. North Ta North Florida loses by three. If you had plus two and a half, uh, sorry for your bet and sorry for the television that you probably threw a glass through, uh, but you got to call the cops. Yeah, it's the thing of, that I've noticed for the last couple of days. The favorites have done so well in the NFL. I mean, not the NFL, the NBA. We've kind of had to rely so heavily on college for the call the cops because the NBA has been surprisingly straightforward yep. for the last couple of days. Yep. Well, that shit's about to change uh, with all the trade pieces and everything, and now it's... it's. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. There's a little bit of a lag as the books have to figure out what's going on with these teams, and there, if you can figure it out yourself, if you're a fan of these teams or you watch them closely, uh, and if you've got a good handle on what kind of impact both the additions and the subtractions are going to make... It can be a very profitable opportunity, as there will be some inefficiencies in the uh, so uh, the uh, sides, especially, but also in the totals as well. So, okay, well, so there was some good news last night. There were some people that were on the right side of the ledger. You know who you were because uh, you're probably a little hungover today. You maybe had a little extra glass of whiskey, a little something to celebrate as you fired up your uh, Joe Burrow cigar. Man, if he doesn't have his own cigar line, he's missing a uh, fucking golden opportunity, by the way. But Let's talk about who they were, Scott, because uh, they were sitting in the rocking chair. So, first one, if you had Houston and SMU over 134.5, you had 91 points in the first half, and the game landed 168. I'll tell you, uh, somebody asked us about Houston in the first half, and that person was extremely prescient because Houston looked exactly like Houston in the first half. And then they looked like, uh, I don't know, Lamar in the second half. Just just absolutely puked on their shoes. Well, we talked in the show yesterday that Houston is very, very good at home. And we felt a lot better about laying that number at home than on the road. Yeah, I think we still like Houston anyway because they're so good. But mm -hmm. we definitely were more hesitant on it. If they were at home, you assume they win every game by 20. Yep. Yep, got out to a, got out to a quick league and then uh, yeah, couldn't hold it. So if you had uh, the Bulls, the Bulls minus two, uh, playing against the Hornets, uh, Hornets. We talked about them. We talked about them being uh, a streaky team. They're in the middle of a losing streak. We didn't want to touch them, and the Bulls proved us right as they led by thirteen at halftime. They end up winning by twelve. Congratulations if you had the Bulls minus two because you were in the rocking chair. And the last one, if you had the Flames on the money line against the Golden Knights, you led three to nothing after the first period, and you won six to nothing. What was the number on that? You know, about minus one forty. Yeah, solid, solid play. Congratulations. Um, all right, so let's talk about this just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I was going to put up the, the best sell for this because my son was on this play and he was on the wrong side of it, so I wanted to. He got half it right. He did get half of it right, Scott. Uh, you know, there was, uh, sometimes the odds makers 
that maybe happy hour starts a little early. Maybe uh, they kind of forgot about this until the last minute. For whatever reason, uh, it would appear to us that the odds makers, uh, come on, guys, we think you're drunk. So the Islanders, uh, also your team, were playing the Canucks. Scott, the total was five, but mm, the odds makers said five. That seems like a good number. My son said, oh, yeah, I like the Islanders and the under there in a correlated parlay. Uh, first period, Scott, how'd that, uh, how'd that end up? How many goals did they uh, score? The Islanders scored five goals in the first period, there you and go. you had six goals yeah. total yeah. after 20 minutes. Yeah. You can, you can just turn that fucker off because the Islanders are winning and your under ain't coming in. The game landed nine. Uh, come on, odds makers and uh, Truman. <laughs> uh, um, Scott, would you, rather, would you rather lose one like... If you're going to lose, would you rather lose one like that or lose it at the last minute? I'd rather lose it that way. Okay. If I'm going to lose no matter what, it gives, it gives me a couple hours to kill afterward. Yeah. Go watch some Netflix or something. I'm the same way. I'm, I'm the same. You can go watch Nathan Chen's uh, skate. Absolutely true. So, um, what else do we have in here? Oh, we had. Did I cut something out? Oh, there we go. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Um, yeah, we got it. We got to do this one. I'll I'll let you rant here about this one because, oh God, I don't know. Is it America's team? What the hell's going on, guys? Uh, once again, uh, I didn't have them, so I'm not mad. But you look at this performance. I am definitely disappointed. Go ahead, buddy. I'm not going to spend much time on this team because they don't deserve my entire attention. That's right. It's the Lakers. Uh, you got run it against Milwaukee. Fair. Milwaukee's a very good team. Then you have a game against Portland. We know McCollum just got traded. Lillard's still out. They traded Norman Powell. They traded Robert Covington. They don't have anybody. They got Simon. Hello, Nurkic. Of- yeah, Nurkic and, what, a bunch of Uber Eats drivers? <laughs> and Zamboni drivers. The Lakers, no Westbrook, whatever. People were blaming him for every loss anyway. They lost outright to Portland, despite being nine-point favorites. That's a mess. Huh. And today was the cherry on top because they didn't even make a trade today. They really couldn't because nobody wanted anything that the Lakers had to offer. Right. Because this team stinks. And... All the contracts they have are also pretty atrocious. It might be time to bet the Lakers to miss the playoffs. Yeah, I think. And we're, I, I think made we're the case there. on a podcast I was on a couple of months ago. I think it was plus three fifty when I talked about that that option. The only saving grace was going to be the trade deadline. If they could somehow find the Sacramento Kings or some really poorly run franchise that would take a terrible contract off their hands, they got nothing. This team stinks. You think they're going to turn it around? Of course not. Nope. They're not making the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's very possible. Uh, Bronco Devil forgot about USA Hockey. Do you like Evansville tonight? Well, that doesn't seem likely um, <laughs> because I hate that team. Let me see. Who are they playing tonight, Skeeter? Uh, let me get that one up. The Purple Elves is playing Indiana State. Oh, there you go. How about them Sycamores? Evansville actually won a game last time. I know. They're rolling. I know, man. Um, I'm going with Evansville. You like like Evansville here catching the points? I have a hard time laying four with a team that's one in eight straight up on the road. 
Yeah, but they could. That uh, I can't do. Yeah, I know. They're four, four and five against the number, though. So, you know, they're not, a, they're not awful, but they've, uh, they've been competitive. Um, lost four straight. Evansville's covered three or four. Oof. Well, I don't know, man. I mean, if you, if you got to do it, if you, if you, if you got to, if you got to get in there and make that Evansville bet, uh, I'll lean purple aces with you. I mean, this reminds me of the Robert Morris game we talked about yesterday. I said I like Detroit on principle. But if you're betting on Robert on a Robert Morris game, go to a meeting. Because like if you like Robert Morris and you want to put your hard-earned money on one of the worst teams in college football, at college basketball, really any sport, go nuts. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Evansville's kind of the same boat where I don't want to lay with Indiana State, but the on the other side that involves you putting money on Evansville. Bunch of courage right there for you to do that, but that big for me to stay big, away. But yeah. there's no way I'm taking Indiana State on the road. Fair enough. Yeah, that's that's legit. Uh, Bronco Devil saying it's Ooey Pooey Day. Uh, they're playing Ooey Fort Wayne, so they're playing against uh, Ooey Poof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Ooey Pooey is terrible, terrible. They're, they're, according to Ken Palm, they're the worst team in the nation. By the way. Are they worse than Mississippi Valley? Yes, three fifty eight. Okay. I think Mississippi Valley State is like three fifty six or something. I know Maine's in there, so but, dude, nineteen and a half. Fort Wayne is laying nineteen and a half. I can't do it. I cannot do it, man. I feel like this play is just the under. It, it feels like the safer option. Take your one because you know that IUPUI can't score no matter what. Yep. So. I don't want to lay 19. Uh, Purdue Fort Wayne is solid at home, 10 and 2, straight up, 7 and 3, ATS. I mean, the total is 121 and a half. Yep. But if, IUP, if IPFW is going to cover, they're basically going to hold IUPY to what? Below 50? It has to be. Below I mean, your, your, team to, your team total there is going to be I don't know, 50 and a half, 51, something like that. I'm, temp- I'm tempted to. Uh... I'm tempted to play Ui Pui team total over. I think it makes sense. I'd rather that? take the team total over than take the spread. But I'm trying to see they have uh, they have held no one to uh, they they held Green Bay to less than 50, to, to 55, and that's the in, in Northern Kentucky to 59. Two terrible teams, by the way. Um, so well, Northern Kentucky. There's, not, there's not no awful, way I'm going but... to the window getting IUPUI plus the points. No, but no. that team total. Does seem a little bit too low. It really does. They've 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 scored. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Four of their last six have been below fifty. <laughs> See, that doesn't surprise me. But I mean, you're slowly approaching the point where you need like one point one points per minute. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, dude. This is starting to get dangerous. It's. It seems like because the the markets will ebb and flow, and you if you can if you can find that sell high spot. I think that might be it for Ui Pui. Uh, man, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, this is the same Ui Pui that just put up 49 against Bobby Morris. <laughs> At home. That's not good. At home. At home. So, uh, somebody was asking about uh, Fort Wayne's play of the day at minus 19. God damn, Tony. Go get him, buddy. Go get him. Uh, I'm rooting for you from a distance. But I'm uh, for agreed. Um, thoughts on Arizona minus six at Washington State? Washington State. Kind of a sneaky good team. Um, not elite, but I think they're a, what, a solid quad two team? Uh, I'd say somewhere between quad two and quad three. 
Okay. But I think I'm going with Arizona. It's a spot where they're just more talented. And Washington State at home has been solid, but Arizona's better at every position. And I think that matters. And Arizona had the one really bad game against UCLA. They were stumbling a little bit early on against Arizona State. USC was a ranked team, so they struggled a little bit there before pulling away late. They're just the much better team. I mean, how do I not like Arizona when they're a threat to drop 80 on anybody and Washington State athletically should have a hard time containing anybody? Well, I mean, the the fact remains that they still are a good defensive squad as far as, uh, as far as, uh, especially in, pa- in Pac-12 plays, wa- Washington State. Um, you know. It's not true they've played. What's that? Said that they're very good defensively in conference play. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they face an offense even close to to Arizona's caliber. Yeah, that's true. They have kind of they kind of had the face the mid to lower t- tier of the Pac-12. There probably they're uh, I don't know. They've been doing what you're supposed to do against bad teams. Although you know they beat Colorado by 27. Colorado's not you know isn't they're not shite. Um, I'm saying they beat Colorado and their best win is arguably on the road against Stanford. Yeah. That's like, this is a massive step up in competition. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, and it is a team that got beat by Boise State at home. I get that. Uh, I would probably lean under there. Uh, I think I think there might I think there might be some value. You think Washington State, though, because of their level of competition, uh, you think that's an Arizona team that's going to run them over, I assume. I have a hard time taking an under when I think Arizona might walk into 83. <laughs> it, it's re, it's really just a spot where I think Arizona could just lay the hammer on them. It wouldn't surprise me. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Carrots and tough crowd. You know it's a tough crowd, buddy. Welcome, welcome to my life. It's uh, if you, by the way, if you don't follow Carrot in my comment section, he's a good follow. I'll just I'll just say that. Uh, hey, David, what's up, buddy? Purdue all day. Let's talk about that Purdue game, Scott. A team I'm not that I Michigan. Huh? What's that? I'm not taking Michigan. I'll tell you that much. Can't do it. Can't do it. Um, Purdue, not as in, not as consistent as they should be. They're on the road. Michigan getting three and a half at home. Does this seem like one of those just fuck you spots where you get behind Purdue and say, okay, this time they're really there, and Michigan steps up for no apparent reason? You feel I that? Think you it's feel an that reaction to Purdue's blowout loss against? Uh, but no, they they blow out Illinois. Uh yeah right? they blew they blew out Illinois by uh, sixteen they they got okay, no but they they ended up winning that game yeah. um they they beat Michigan, Mi- they beat Michigan and didn't cover they're nine nine and a half point shocks and, and won by six in game yeah, before but last I watched Michigan not cover they probably should have it was on call the cops but they struggled to beat Penn State like they they're not a good basketball team and there's nothing wrong with that or at least admitting that because it's the way it is and we know that Michigan at home. Is supposed to be good. They barely beat Nebraska at home. That doesn't really mean anything to me in terms of a vote of confidence. Purdue's the much better team. So even though the Big Ten is always dangerous when it comes to uh, taking road favorites in that conference, I just don't think Michigan's very good. Purdue's uh... got so many guys on the inside. Like, I think Dickinson's good but when Purdue throws in three to four big men at you yep. and Jaden Ivey's the best player on the court, 
I don't know how I'm not supposed to like Purdue. Well, in Purdue, they they shoot they shoot so well. You forget because you think of Edie and you think of Williams, you think how good they are inside. You forget how good this team shoots. They fucking they shoot fifty one percent from the field, forty one percent from downtown. Donovich so, is money. Yeah, he is. Um, Chris Lyons uh, pointing out that one of the picks that I put off my uh, off my algorithm played yesterday and uh, the Cincinnati game. Did so, it win? Apparently not. It uh, under no one twenty nine. It was one twenty five was the number. So can you get a mulligan? Okay, well scroll. People scroll. would kill for a mulligan. All right, so I'm giving you four plays today. Sorry guys, um, I did obviously did not realize that. I must have obviously had the date wrong. So apologies. Not trying to. <laughs> I would say I'm not trying to pull a fast one, but I'm not going to put up a, a play that lost <laughs> to try to make myself look good. Uh, okay, good times. Uh, do, 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 uh, Bronco. All these guys checking in with the great weather. We've, we've heard from L.A. I know David gets out there in Phoenix. Bronco Devil down there in Austin. Talking about uh, no clouds for three days. Um, Zach, Zach Vaughn says that hockey game made him nervous today. <laughs> it was one nothing after the first period. So China had that going for him. And then the wheels fell off after that. Absolutely. JB says the freaky four. Yep, that's what I'm laying down today, buddy. The freaky four. All right. Um, do, 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 really took the day off yesterday. Yeah, I really did. Well, from yeah, from from that. And we've got Scott. I can't quite talk about it yet, but we've got a uh, a really cool partnership with. Uh, I don't know. Could you call him the biggest name in, in sports betting? You can call him up there. Yeah, we're, we're close. We're close. So we'll be able to probably Vegas get... Dave. We almost recruited. <laughs> we're gonna no, be. We're gonna. <laughs> I'm getting replaced by Vegas Dave. <laughs> Fuck me. We need more whale plays. Oh um, my god! It's not personal. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, David's from from Tucson. He's a KC guy, man. That's uh... to go back to the partnership, though. We can't really talk about it yet, but we got some potentially really bright things on the horizon. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun, and we're gonna be expanding the network. There's gonna be a lot more shows. We're finally getting it to where the vision was when this started so many years ago. So we're happy. We're happy to be a part of it. Anyway, so uh, what else? What else are you looking at tonight? But I know you said you didn't really like the college card at all. Is there? I guess I didn't really like it at all. I just had a stronger opinion about the NBA today. Yeah. But, I mean, I like Montana. They're laying 12 against Northern Arizona. It's going to sound like a broken record, but Northern Arizona, not good at basketball. Montana's undefeated at home. They're 7-2 and two ATS. They just had a very nice blowout win against Southern Utah at home which was almost our farm play. I believe that was the runner-up mm -hmm. two days ago, I think. Yep. But Montana minus 12, I mean, I got to like that, don't I? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of that play. This is a uh, they've, Grizzlies team that's really good at home, man. The 9-0 straight up, 7-2 against the number. Uh, Actually, 12-0 if you include the non-1 teams. Well, okay. okay. But this Northern Arizona team, dude, they don't do anything well. 280, 285 in offensive efficiency. And they their, chop wood well. And their defense said, hold my beer, and they're 341st. So, that was a lumberjack joke, by the way. Yeah, the, the, the jacks. Uh, For the people in the audience. They play. They, they played earlier this season. They put up 49. So, I don't know, man. I, this is a Montana team. Plays really good defense. I, I think you're right. I think that's uh, Montana is going to roll there. JB's asking the good question because, of course, I gave out Toronto when they never <laughs> rest anybody. And they decided to rest Van Vliet just to – on a slap me in the face. The thing is, I think it's still interesting that I got the Raptors at six and a half. The line went up to eight and a half. Van Vliet's not playing, and it's down to seven. 
So I still beat a half-point line move with Toronto's best player not playing, which I find very interesting. I still like Toronto. Houston sucks. They're a terrible basketball team. Like, yeah. Toronto has a bunch of guys who are really good. And I do think that even with Van Vliet out, you still have Trent, you still have Siakam, you still have Barnes. They got a lot of pieces, and I think they'll win the game anyway. I think they'll cover anyway. D from Detroit asking about the Citadel and the UNC Greensboro game tonight, the over, in what would appear to be a very tempting total, Scott, of 139. Now, this is a Greensboro team that plays uh, some pretty good defense. Uh, the game landed 143 when they played about a month ago. Citadel, bud, are they back? They've they've hit overs twice in a row, but before that, they uh, went under the total three times straight and uh, didn't score a ton of points. They scored 190 in their last two. So will the real Citadel please stand up? They've been doing better in terms of pace lately. Of course, they burned me the one time against Western Carolina, but I do think that it's a good matchup for the over because Greenboro's defense is very backline, crowd the paint. They give up in terms of attempts, like the top ten most. Uh, they they give up a lot of three point attempts. That's yep. what I'm trying to say. Yep. So I, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to word it, but they give up a bunch of three point attempts, and the Citadel loves to shoot the three ball. So I do think it's a good matchup for the over. It's more just based on principle. You're gonna have a Citadel total in the one thirties. Yeah. I mean that that's just an over. It's kind of like when you see an Uwe Pooey or Eastern Michigan or Eastern Illinois at one thirty or better. You're like, I mean, the one time that Eastern Illinois was like in the 140s because they played against Murray or something, and it was the freest money of all time. Freest money of all. It was a t- it was team total 68, right? I think so. And they hadn't scored. They they scored they scored like 62 against you know the little sisters of the poor. Um, I don't even think they got the 60 in that game. No, they didn't. Um, Capper says, uh, ca- uh, Carrot says, very fucking over. Absolutely. Uh, Citadel marches to a different drummer. That's definitely true. That's in in more ways than one. We're in the military, but not really. Um, so, yeah, it's weird. Uh, Coastal Carolina today. Uh, let me see, because I want to see who they're Take it on Georgia State. Uh, wrong team favored? Uh, let me see how they break down. It appears that way. I mean, Coastal beat this team on the road mm-hmm. earlier this – or Coastal beat – yeah, Coastal beat them in Georgia State earlier this season. Uh, the Panthers are not very good. They've won two out of three, but they beat Ewell Monroe. Congratulations, 4-8 and eight in conference play. And they beat South Alabama 5-5 five and five in conference play. USA, but USA. Coastal is a good home team. And we've seen it time and time again. Their home road splits are pretty jarring. I see where you're coming from. There has been a lot of line movement on Georgia State, though. So I'm probably going to stay away. But Coastal's very tempting. <sighs> it does feel like sharp movement. And, and it's weird because Coastal, again, not a good team. But they are 9-4 at home, 5-4 against the number. Uh, if you, it has to be sharp money. I don't know who's betting Georgia State on the road. I agree. Uh, Georgia State 3-7 and seven against the number. Yeah, that's a stay away from me. William and Mary Townsend, Townsend over 136.5. William and Mary can't guard anybody, so I don't want to lay 17 with Townsend, but they have a shot to get to 80 in this game. I mean, William and Mary just hands out 80 points all day, every day. Yeah, they so get 76 I, I got to go with the over. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, anybody that gives up 76 points a game uh, and you get a 137, 
and a half. Yeah, yeah I'm on yeah. uh, Duke and Purdue, two-team parlay plus 111 tonight. We talked about Purdue. Um, I get a little... Uh, get a little... I don't think Clemson's very good. And we saw Duke kill North Carolina by about 30. And Clemson lost to North Carolina at home the previous game. So I think Duke's going to win. I don't think it's going to be pretty. But I've seen Clemson play. They are especially not pretty. So I'll take Duke in a somewhat closer game than people think, but they'll pull away late. Duke should get the job done. Okay. You're going to lay, you lay seven and a half there? I feel like that's right where the line should be. I'm going to go with Duke in the end by nine. I think it comes down to the final possession. I wish I knew how good this North Carolina team was. Because I have, I have deep-seated suspicion they're not very good. So, the guards are extremely streaky. Uh, very true. So that game against Clemson, I don't know what that means because Clemson held it close. They lose by two. But Duke, coming off that weird loss to Virginia, does that mean anything or is that just a one-off because Virginia is such a different team? I think it's a one-off because we mentioned why we liked Virginia plus the points in that game. Bennett's system just always gives Duke problems. It's the back line. They just struggle offensively against it. I think Duke will look better in this spot. Plus, you can argue that's a very good spot for Duke to bounce back because they won't be looking through this opponent. Instead, they'll be focused on getting back on track. Right. So you get a pissed-off Duke team against an underwhelming Clemson team. You can argue it's a good bounce-back spot. Zach Vaughn asking a great question about the sharp money or the sharps, as we refer to it, when we see when we see lines change, usually about this time of day. Um, wh- who are they? What do they do? Well, they're, they basically come in two camps. Uh, first of all, they're respected veteran betters that uh, books recognize as being good, sharp players, the guys that uh, uh, will win more than they lose. And those are the books that obviously haven't shut them out. You know, you're talking like, you know, the guys that make the lines, like Chris um, and Pinnacle are basically the two lines makers in the world right now. Um, as far as as far as what them, differentiates them from us, simply the amount of money that's being spent and the fact that they're known uh, in their circles where they make those bets. And they are... Uh, they're like they're individual betters. That's what I was gonna say. There's one of two. They're in, either individual betters that are recognized as pros, or they are part of a gigantic consortium, which is just basically like investment firms that just take money and syndicate. G- the syndicate exactly, and they and they give you a certain return on that investment, much like a uh, uh, investment banker would do with your with your stock portfolio, like a stock market yield yep, type of thing. Yep, exactly right. So those are the two entities that we talk about when we talk about sharp money and the people that actually move the lines. Yeah, to answer your question, Zach, I could be a sharp better if I had the bankroll to load out like 75K per play. Right, right. I would be considered a sharp better or sharp money if I had the bankroll to unload arguably six digits on, on any given game. Like yeah. I would move lines. Yep, exactly right. Exactly right. And some of these lines, like on this game, on the, on the Coastal Carolina game, you're not you can you can move a line there with with a good five figure bet easily yeah. easily move the line so. but the point is that when you look at some of these obscure games of course you're going to blindly look at the records the home road splits whatever and you're assuming in most of these unknown games you're going to take the favorite at home that's been pretty good at home and yet you see a favorite switching 
in this random Sunbelt game right. that the general public, Joe Schmo, is not going to even know is on the card, you can assume that somebody believes they know something, and as a result, they move the line by about three points with a favorite switch in there. Yep. So that I consider sharp money. And I've got and I've got Don Best, which I get alerts all day long about Steam plays and and where that and where those sharp money is is coming in. So. It's kind I of did hand- read somewhere though that Steam plays are better than Steam. Plays. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, by the way, that's a fantastic investment. If you're serious about doing this and you play, I don't know, fifty bucks a game or better, Don Best, at least the uh, at least the scaled down version. It's about a, it's, I think it's one hundred and twenty bucks a month. It is worth the investment. It has the the grids for all the sports, has line moves, any anything you want is on there, and it's all in one spot. It's up to date. So. And again, I, I I'm, not, pre, I'm not I'm not a shill for Don Bez. They don't uh, need my help. But what's that? I use the pregame uh, game center. Mm-hmm. I think they do a pretty good job. Yep. But you can really find grids all over the place. But it's important to find one that is relatively thorough, where it has the line moves on pretty much every game on one page, so you don't have to constantly flip through just a bunch yep. of pages, which is a real pain in the ass. And we ran into this it, yesterday and I wanted, I wanted to bring this up real quick. So sorry for cutting you off, but we talked about, um, we were using two different sites to see the percentage of bets versus the percentage of money. I think we did that on the Super Bowl video and you noticed there was a huge discrepancy in those numbers. And that is because they're not real numbers. They're only self-reported numbers by people that are saying they are making this bet or that bet. So uh, I think Action Network is probably a, a little better. It's, I think it's they've got it where it's like kind of verified now. But be very careful when you're using one source about where the money is coming and where the bets are coming. Because here's the deal. No casino is reporting that. No book is reporting that. So that knowledge that you think you may or may not have, it may or may not be accurate. So be very careful about relying too much on those numbers. Because I think a lot of times they're bullshit. The way that I look at it is that I focus more on the actual line move itself, and I try to come up with reasons as to why the line has moved. Right. And usually if you rule out injuries, COVID, all that stuff, or maybe trends or matchup history, the fail-safe, breaking case of emergency excuse is sharp money. That's usually the breaking case where you can't think of a reason, but somebody clearly knows something. So you're seeing the line move a lot. Yep. Yep. Would you agree with that? I would totally agree with that. Uh, Somebody asking about the Gonzaga Pacific game. 32 is the number there. Of course, this is a Pacific game, again, that I got roasted for the other night against USC. Uh, That cover that they had on the road against USC, first time this season. They'd been 0-9 going into there. They're 3-11 against the number as a dog, 5-16 total. Fuck them. Did you watch that game at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can Pacific rebound? No. Or is Timmy and Holmgren just going to destroy them on the inside? I, it's going to be a bloodbath, whether it's going to be 32 or not. I mean, what it, the question you always have to ask yourself about the, the Zags, do they get to 24, 26 and just start fucking around and start subbing yeah, guys out? The question out. is the garbage time. I yep. mean, that, that's really all it's going to come down to. At what point do they bring in the full bench unit that doesn't know how to play basketball? Or there's the other option with Gonzaga where they just fuck around in the first half, play with their food, and go, oh, we thought these guys were just going to roll over, and they're up by four at halftime, and then blow them out in the second half, but rarely get to those big, gigantic numbers like that. So a yeah. couple ways to lose on the Zags. However, fuck, they've been playing really good basketball lately. You want to fade the Zags right now? 
because you know it's no. a, it's the West Coast Conference. They're doing their thing. They're blowing people out. Uh, you know, beating by beating San Diego by thirty, beating BYU by thirty three. By the way, a team that we thought at one point was you know decent, not god awful, but uh, they were 13, 13 point dogs, and they and they missed it by twenty. So, I think I'll go with Pacific. That um, line does seem a little bit large because if you're going to take a number that big, you have to confirm the motivation's fully going to be there. You think Gonzaga really gives a damn about running up the score on Pacific? Mm-mm. They got more important stuff to worry about. Yeah, I'm staying away. I'm not letting Pacific fuck me twice in, in three days. That's just not going to happen. I think if you want to fade Pacific, your move's probably the team total under. Yeah. Because if Gonzaga's going to cover or come close to it, Pacific might not reach 62. Yeah. Or they could win 105-70. You know, fuck. Who knows? Yeah, it could be, but I'm going to go with Pacific plus the points. I'm not going to have any action on it, Bill, but Bill, I don't want to lay 30 plus with Gonzaga. Bill asking about uh, what do you think of the Nets robbing the Sixers today? Uh, we talked about that at the top of the show, Bill, but uh, as I know, I'll 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 recap it for you. And Scott, if you have anything to add, you can. Scott, as a Nets fan, was was happy about the trade because, as he put it, Nets had a zero chance of winning the title this year, and without Harden and with the new additions, that may have bumped up to five percent. So. I think Scott's overall pretty damn happy with that trade. I think another point, I'm curious what the comment section thinks about it. I know that Harden hate is pretty strong right now. I think Harden might be the most overrated player in the league. Mm. Is that a hot take? It might have been a year ago. I think I think I think he's on a short list. Yeah. I think this year you could certainly make a case for that. Uh Gonzaga messes around in regular season, get them covering their first two tournament games. Yeah, I that's kind of the thing, Zach. I mean, you just even though they've been they've been a cover machine over over the last three three four games, uh, you know they they had they laid thirty two against Portland and pushed. Fuck, I can't imagine how frustrating that would have been. <laughs> That's one of those games where and you, and you hear people say it everyone's like, "Well, Vegas really knows what they're doing." I'm like, "Yep, well, sometimes it happens." So the truth is, you might disagree with me on my take here, but I do think if you like Gonzaga to cover the number, you might just want to take an over. Yeah. Because Gonzaga's yeah. probably reaching a hundo if, if they're going to cover this number. Yeah, agreed. Uh, David Good says, wait till Harden's contract is out at the, or at the end. Oh, yeah, no question. That's, uh, yeah, I wouldn't. It's, Philly, is, you said it best, Scott. They're all in this year. They ain't looking at the yeah. future. Uh, Nets should get rid of Kyrie. What a headache. Uh, but I guess, I guess, well, he's a free won. agent at the end of the year, but right. you can make an argument post mandate, no mask, whatever is a big three of KD, Kyrie, and Simmons with all three of them under contract for several years, assuming the Nets re-sign Kyrie over the offseason. Is that good enough to win a title? It might be. I don't know. Well, it all depends on who they have around him. So, uh, we'll see. I'm saying you got Seth Curry now. You got a couple of pieces. Yeah, but you got... what What good is Simmons... Can anyone play good enough defense to make up for that amount of lack of offense? When you look at how the Nets have played defense this season, I think the answer is yes. <laughs> like Simmons, people can hate him because he's he has no offensive talent in terms of shooting. Still a good passer, still good size, whatever. But he is easily, in my opinion, when healthy, a top three defensive player in the league. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think he's that good that's defensively. Qu- that's question. That's no question about that. Um, Bill McDonald says if Harden carried, he'd be top. He'd be top three. 
You know, I have a hard time assessing effort at the professional level because obviously I've never played sports at the professional level. Harden, you can tell on the defensive end. Uh, I agree with that. I, I he does seem he, he's slow. He he does seem less involved on the defensive end. I don't know how much it is about. Does he? Is it? Is it? Is that his guy? Does he not care? Is he just playing out the string, cashing a check, or does he care? And he's just not good. I would say that he was. I think offensively against the Kings and company down the stretch, his hamstring might have been a little bit iffy, and he kind of just milked it because he didn't want to be there anyway. But the defensive effort or lack thereof yeah. has been the case his entire career. Correct. Correct. <laughs> David Good with perhaps the line of the day says, says Simmons looks good walking through the airport. <laughs> Absolutely true, absolutely true, David. All right, buddy, let's do it. Let's get to it. We've got a, uh, we've got another streak to start after last night went down in flames. We'd like to blame it on overtime because it did go to overtime and ended up at fucking what in the one seventies or whatever, but uh, it wasn't overtime's fault. We we missed it in reg. So um, let's see if we can start a new string on the uh, today's edition of uh, you know you know what it is. It's time. Again, to put on your overalls, grab that straw hat, fix it top of your head. It's sunny outside. You got to get that sun off of you. Get your keys out. Hop aboard that John Deere. Fire that bad boy up because it's Thursday and it's time to bet the farm. All right, buddy. What you got? Somebody talked about this so, game earlier, by the way. And yeah, we can, we're going to go to the NBA. Yep. And we're going to take the Memphis Grizzlies. Minus 11 against the Pistons. It's a big spread for a road team, but when you actually look at both teams, the spread should be a lot higher. Memphis has been playing really well lately. They've won each of their last three. They've won four of five. Each of those four uh, four victories have been by at least 12 points, so they've been winning by a pretty decent margin. Detroit has lost five in a row. Kate Cunningham still dealing with hip issues. He is questionable, but he has missed each of the last four games, so I do think he's more... Uh, doubtful than questionable in this game. And you want to go through the efficiency numbers? I do. These teams are not even close. Memphis ranks eighth in offense. Detroit ranks 30th, which is dead last in the league. Memphis ranks seventh in defense. Detroit ranks 25th. And the biggest disparity possible on the boards, Memphis ranks numero uno in rebounding. Detroit ranks dead last. So Memphis should dominate on the glass. They should dominate offensively, defensively. If Cade doesn't play, we've seen how bad Detroit is. Morant and companies, they're just going to run wild. Give me Memphis. They'll win this game by 20. Somebody asked if John Morant was uh, going to be able to outscore Detroit on his own. Uh, it may be close. <laughs> In the first quarter, maybe. <laughs> maybe very close. All right, guys, that's going to do it for uh, Bet the Farm. Get down on those Memphis Grizzlies minus the 11. And that's going to do it for the Thursday edition of our show. As always, we appreciate you guys watching. Don't forget to check out our pals Jim Williams and Chris King over there every day, 1.30 p.m. Eastern time as they uh, talk about just parlays. And, of course, check out our NFL Super Bowl preview show tomorrow. And we'll be doing our live show on Sunday, a little Super Bowl pregame at noon Eastern time as we get everybody involved in a true crossover event with a lot of winners and winners personalities and a lot of special guests from around the country. So that'll be fun. Check that out as well. And that's going to do it for us. You guys take care. Good luck on all of your plays today. We appreciate you watching. Again, don't forget to tell your friends. Don't forget to like and subscribe, all that good stuff. 
And again, don't forget to come back and see us tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, as Scott and I will do our very best to help you to head back to the window. Take care, everybody.